um, to put in the two Folks, uh, keep in mind, mind, starting uh, January 4th, 2023, Minnesota Home Talk will be live on Wednesdays at noon. We will be uh, streaming on Facebook and YouTube, and then we will also be syndicating with many other places that you find your podcasts, including uh, Spotify, iTunes, and so we're very excited about the new day and time, excited about uh, the new show format. Minnesota Home Talk will become U.S. Home Talk. We've got uh, my youngest brother, Marcus Walgrave, who has had a show in Sioux Falls, South Dakota for a number of years, will be uh, joining us as co-host, part of the new show called U.S. Home Talk. And so we'll be talking about, of course, all things real estate, more of a, a focus on real estate nationally. We'll have uh, different market experts throughout the year in the different areas throughout the United States. Minnesota Home Talk is becoming U.S. Home Talk starting January 4th, 2023, Wednesdays at noon. Find us on Facebook and YouTube and many other streaming platforms. So we're ASTP AM 1500. This is the place to talk about everything related to the home, buying or selling real estate, financing and improvements that can help increase your home's value. This is Minnesota Home Talk on Score North. Here's your host, Jason Walgrave. Let's go to the phone lines. Hey, Dave, good morning. Thanks for calling in. How can we help you? Hey, I've got a question. Can you hear me? Sure, yep, we can hear you. Oh, yeah. Well, I moved in my house, and when we moved in, there was a homeowners association, and behind our house, they owned property uh, adjacent to our house. And the homeowners association went defunct years ago, and so they've never been around. I've always considered this property ours, and I've always taken care of it. Mm-hmm. And so isn't there a thing called adverse possession where I could actually go and uh, have this property label as my own, and then when I go to sell a property, then mine and that property itself, uh, we could sell together, maybe increase the value of our uh, of our property altogether? So there is a process, uh, Dave, called adverse possession. And, and it to simplify it, if you maintain... Uh, a piece of property, usually it's a situation like yours where it's uh, adjacent. If you maintain and take care of that property for, say, it's 15 years, that that's the, the timeline, and you can prove that you did, then you can go through a, a process of um, of adverse possession. It, it, is, um, it, it isn't always as easy as just filing some documents, although it could be if, if no one disputes um, disputes that that adverse possession. So, uh, a lot of times you'll see this where, um, kind of your situation where someone's got a property that that's behind them, and maybe it's you know ten feet or fifteen feet or twenty feet, and they've been maintaining that property for fifteen years. They can prove that, uh, and then you have to go through the the titling process to to make sure that's acquired through adverse possession. Um, but we've got Jeff O'Brien actually. Uh, who is a partner on the show, he's working on an adverse possession case right now for one of our clients. So if you'd like to know more information about that, we can connect you with Jeff uh, next week and, and he can get you all the details. All right, that sounds good. So it's a great question, though. Uh, it does come up, and um, I think I've probably been involved in three or four uh, of them over the last 20 years, and so they're not super common, but um, but they do happen, and we've got a little bit of experience with them. So. Well, one, one other question. If, who would you give notice to if the homeowners association isn't there? Who on earth owns this property? The city? Uh, no, not necessarily. Um, we can we can find out who owns it. I, I think you have to advertise. I don't I don't exactly remember the the exact process, but but uh, Jeff O'Brien does. 
And um, right. we'll connect with him on Monday, Dave, and, and then uh, we'll go from there. All right. Thank you. Hey, appreciate the call and great question. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a good weekend. Go back to the phone lines. Hey, Keith, good morning. Thanks for calling in. How can we help you? Yeah, guys, just had a quick question. Uh, you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Yes, thanks for calling. Yeah, so I was just wondering, you know, if in a situation where you as a buyer are looking at a at a property, maybe you hear about it word of mouth or whatever, um, and you've got an unrepresented seller who's just looking to sell this property by owner or whatever, and but you've been you as a buyer have been working with a real estate agent, but of course the the seller, you know, is, is looking to do it themselves to save on commissions. Mm-hmm. Just wondering how you how you structure that or how you deal with that, where a seller obviously is, is looking to pay. You know, potentially zero or certainly as little as possible in in commission. Mm-hmm. It, it's a great question, Keith. So, um, worked with many buyers over the years where uh, the property that that they wanted to pursue uh, was not listed, and, and it's typically, like you said, it's a for sale by owner. Um, and how I structure that deal, um, representing my buyers, is we go in, we we write an offer. In the offer, it it um, discusses the commission. So I'll write something, and then it says. Uh, seller agrees to pay Remax Advantage plus 2.7%. We, we make it a part of the deal um, so that the seller um, does then pay it. In in 20 years of, of being in this business, Keith, I, I don't, uh, we've never collected the commissions from uh, the buyer, from, from the buyer that we've represented. We've always gotten it from the seller. So think about it this way. If you're a seller and, and you, and for sale by owners are, are not that common, even in, in a really good market. Uh, and the statistics are is 87% of them end up listing their home with a real estate company anyway. Um, but if you're, but if you are a seller and you've got a good offer and, and that offer includes, you know, paying the, the buyer's broker, um, it, it's, it's pretty unlikely they're not, they're not going to, to want to do that deal as a seller if they really want to sell the house. And so, um, your agent can, can negotiate that and, and just make it a part of the deal and, and get you into the house. So I think I, I always tell my, my buyers, look, I'm interested in getting you the house, whether it's on the market or not on the market, whatever house you want, we're going to pursue. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, but are you in the, are you looking right now? Or are you in that situation currently? No, I was just asking cause I was actually talking to my folks and they were looking at a place that they had heard from kind of a friend of a friend that the neighbor might be looking to sell, you know, that kind of deal. But, but they had, had been working with somebody, um, you know, look, looking at places. So yeah. I, I figured I'd, I'd ask the question. Yeah, it's a great question. It's a great question. Now, now something a little bit different, Keith, we, we have buyers and sellers come to us. This probably happens half, half a dozen times a year where they've already, they've already met buyer and seller have already come together and they come in, they say, Jason, can you, can you facilitate the transaction? So, um, you know, draft all the paperwork, set up mortgage and title, um, you know, get the, the deal to the closing table and close. Now that, now that's a different deal because we're just simply facilitating the transaction. Um, but we, sure. we help with those as well because it's, you know, even if buyer and seller have found each other, there's still a, a, um, a process that, you know, the legal paperwork, um, cause contracts are legally binding and then the title work. And if they need a mortgage, uh, all of that has to get done as well. So, um, we help out in, in those situations as well. I see. Well, great. So we appreciate the call in. Great question. And, um, pretty sure you're going to win some Tim Rolls tickets, Keith. So, uh, look for those. We'll give you a shot on Monday. 
Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Keith. Thank you. Uh, Dave, good morning. Thanks for calling in. How can we help you? Hey, good morning, guys. I love listening to the show. Well, thank you. Thanks, Dave. Yep. See, hey, I'm uh, in Forest Lake, and uh, I'm looking uh, three to four years out possibly to sell. My home is about 25 years old, and I'm getting to the point now where some of the things like furnace and air and some of those other somewhat larger expenses are starting to come due. And just wondering, again, that, that question about being able to recoup money in a sale, um, you know, replacing things like furnace, air conditioner, other things like that. Is it prudent to do that kind of thing before you sell? Um, or is it prudent to, you know, kind of wait and maintain and see if you can get those to the point of sale? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great question. So, so when you're talking about furnace and, and air conditioning, if you... Um, if you replace those items today, Dave, you're not going to get that dollar for dollar back. And so, um, but on the same on the same token, a buyer expects to buy a home with a working air conditioner and furnace. Um, just because it's 20 years old doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to be replaced, though. You know, I'm a big believer, and if it's if it's you know if it's not broke, you don't need to fix it. Yeah. Um, but what you can do, um, which will satisfy a lot of buyers' concerns, are, are two things. One, um, have it have it serviced, um, have it have it checked out by a, you know a, a heating cooling guy uh, or gal, and make sure that it is functioning. That there's you know that it's 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 certified. Um, and then the second thing you can do is you can uh, purchase a home warranty for those buyers when you're ready to sell. And so, and that can be you know you can do a two year home warranty. That'll cost you about a thousand bucks. But that protects the furnace and the air conditioner for you know the next two years that that the person owns owns the property. So th- that's what I would do. I would have it serviced. I would have it looked at. I would have you know have some maintenance done on it. Make sure that it um, it is working, and then I would just plan on buying that home warranty. Great, thank you for the advice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think you know appliances. You know, it, I think are you thinking about replacing those as well? Or just well, the yeah, it would be a question of, you know, the furnace has been repaired a couple times, okay. the appliances, the refrigerator is new, but some of the other things are not new. So, yep. I, Now, the appliances, what I would probably do on that, Dave, is, is I would replace those, I mean, now, you know, or, or relatively soon. Um, you know, if you can, then you have a chance to, right. to use them and, and you get to enjoy them for the next couple of years. Appliances that are, you know, a year old or two or three years old are, are you know, all about the same in a buyer's eyes. And then... If you have an opportunity to get them to all match, that's that's a bonus as well for buyers. All right, thank you. You're welcome. We appreciate the call. Okay. Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Have a good morning. Thanks, you too. Here's a, here's a way to think of it. So you got a 20 year old house. Okay, one house has brand new furnace, brand new AC stuff like that. The other house has the original furnace, has the original AC in there. Mm-hmm. Which one sells for more? They're both functioning the yeah. way they're supposed to function, right? There's nothing wrong. It's yeah. just one has the 20-year-old furnace and the AC, one doesn't. What do they sell for? Anything different? It will be. I mean, it will. The, the one with the new furnace and, and Might new... Might sell faster, right? It will sell faster. It'll sell faster. It will likely sell for more, but probably Maybe not the much. cost yeah. of the new Maybe furnace. Maybe 25% over a, over a good furnace? I mean, if you had yeah. one certified like yours? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. And it depends on the furnace and... I mean, some of them last longer, you know, some of right. them, you know, don't. So, but, but, but then it's a buyer thing too. You know, that it might be where the buyer comes in and that's really, really important to them. Right. You know, and so they, they'll take, maybe they'll, maybe the home needs new carpet, new paint. Um, but it's got a new furnace and a new air conditioner. One buyer might say, that's the house I want. 
I can do the carpet and paint myself. Um, another buyer might say, meh, I want carpet and paint now. I want to move in and enjoy it. Not worried about the furnace. Let's budget for it or let's do the home warranty. So it depends on the buyer. Yeah. You never um, know what the buyer motivations are. You don't, you know, but at the very least, you'd, you'd want to get it main, some maintenance done on it, get it certified, right. make sure that it is working properly. Here's the other thing to think about too. A 20 year old furnace, you know, what's the efficiencies of that furnace versus a brand new one now? Mm-hmm. How much are you going to save by putting that more efficient furnace in there? Cause you're going to recoup some money there over the next three to four years through the savings i don't know how much that is yeah but it's i mean 20 year old furnace versus furnaces now it's probably a a fairly substantial number at least a couple and then they've got some time if he's going to sell in three to four years to really go out and find the best deal too Mm -hmm. on a furnace because there's a lot of different prices out there i mean uh, that's a great point so spend your time researching it what do you really need do it in the summertime i imagine the furnace guys are probably I mean, they're doing more AC stuff at that point, so can you get a deal by doing it in the summertime versus the winter, and now you're going to save yourself some money there? Steve, that's a really good point, because usually when people are buying, all the furnaces and ACs that I have bought, I bought them because I had to buy it right now, because the one I had went out, or or it wasn't a, you know, I didn't have the luxury of shopping around. And it usually goes out, you know, and it's like January and 48 (laughs) below and uh, the wind's blowing and stuff. Or or July and Not a good time to negotiate. Not a good time to negotiate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the furnace guy shows up at your house and you're in full, like, winter gear on your your ice fishing, like, stuff on. You're like... You're chopping up the furniture, throwing it into the fireplace, you know. (laughs) And he's like, "Uh, what, yeah, do you need something quickly? You're like, no, 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 I'm good. for a deal. good for a while. Looking for a deal. Do you have a luxury home to sell. Maybe you're just curious about the value. We've worked with many high-end and upper-bracket homes. Folks, we've developed a marketing plan to sell these homes for the highest amount in the quickest time. I would love to meet with you. Give us a call or check out our website, minnesotahometalk.com. Folks, that's minnesotahometalk.com. Folks, uh, keep in mind, starting uh, January 4th, 2023, Minnesota Home Talk will be live on Wednesdays at noon. We will be uh, streaming on Facebook and YouTube and then we will also be syndicating with many other places that you find your podcasts, including Spotify, iTunes. And so we're very excited about the new day and time, excited about uh, the new show format. Minnesota Home Talk will become U.S. Home Talk. We've got uh, my youngest brother, Marcus Walgrave, who has had a show in Sioux Falls, South Dakota for a number of years, will be uh, joining us as co-host part of the new show called U.S. Home Talk. And so we'll be talking about, of course, all things real estate, more of a a focus on real estate nationally. We will have uh, different market experts throughout the year in the different areas throughout the United States. Minnesota Home Talk is becoming U.S. Home Talk starting January 4th, 2023, Wednesdays at noon. Find us on Facebook and YouTube and many other streaming platforms. So we're, we're very excited for that launch. Looking to make your current home into a dream home? Call Bella Remodeling and Roofing, the preferred remodeler of Minnesota Home Talk. Bella Remodeling and Roofing is also the Twin Cities' leading storm damage expert and can take care of your insurance restoration. Bella Remodeling does it all. The next time a storm hits your home, a pipe bursts in the basement, or you've just decided it's time to remodel your kitchen or bathroom, call Bella Remodeling and Roofing. Bella offers a free consultation, excellent customer service, and superior workmanship. Call 612-760-0949 or go to minnesotahometalk.com. 
Tired of the same old insurance shopping experience? Check out Simplified Insurance Planners. With over 60 plus years combined experience in the financial services industry and over 2.5 billion in transactions, Simplified Insurance Planners has the experience and expertise to get you into the best home, auto, or commercial insurance policy for your needs at the best prices possible. Visit them online at gowithsip.com or call 612-383-2230. Simplified Insurance Planners. Let's go to the phone lines. Hey, Chris, good morning. Thanks for calling in. How can we help you? Hey, good morning. How's it going? Good. How are you? Not bad, thanks. I've got a quick question for you. If I've got, say, like a couple thousand dollars to invest in my house anywhere um, and try to improve its value, what are the what are the best couple places to start? Uh, how big is your house? It's uh, 1,700, 1,800 square feet. Okay. So if you're, if you're, ta- if you're talking a couple grand and, and you are... Are doing the improvements in order to sell for for a higher amount in in a quicker time. I would probably uh, I would probably put that two thousand dollars to either paint or mm-hmm. or flooring. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I would start with I would start with something that you can do on your own, which is a deep clean and declutter and just making you know sure you get rid of a large amount of the personal items, but. We're talking about spending money on it. It's probably with that amount of money, I'm going to put it into paint and and some type of flooring because I think that uh, you'll get your your best return um, when a buyer walks through the door. Fantastic. And and what about a longer term? Is it same same answer? Well, no. I mean, a longer term is you know, are you, and more money or potentially, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so. If you if you're talking about that, we're gonna I'm gonna want to pull comparables and take a look at okay what are the what are the comparable properties what have they done do they yeah. have uh, you know new kitchen appliances do they have you know new countertops or new flooring or new light fixtures and so that that will determine or drive that on what the the smartest uh, investment and improvements should be um, and and in the paint one you know that should be done really right before you go on the market as as well so if you got a couple grand to spend. Um, I put it towards paint, but I would wait to do that till right before you go on the market because then it's fresh and um, right. it's it's not scuffed yet either. <laughs> right. so. Okay, perfect. Thanks so much. Yeah, great question, Chris. Appreciate the call in. All right, have a great day. You too. So we talk a lot about um, if you got uh, a certain amount of money, make modifications to your house for selling. So let's say you got an older house. Like our old house we had, 1986 built, like every room was like sectioned off, right? Mm-hmm. That back then it wasn't the open concept. It was more of like you yeah. wanted to divide. Yep. So would knocking out a wall mm-hmm. and opening it up come into the conversation yes. versus carpeting or, or painting mm-hmm. or something like that? Maybe mm-hmm. just taking that money and knocking a wall out to yes. open the whole space up? Yep. That could come into play too? It, it can, and, and I've I've recommended that many times yeah. over the years, you know, especially... You know, there's you've got you've got that wall that just you know you, you break down the wall and now it opens up to the to the dining slash great room area. That that open concept is what people have really wanted in the last twenty years, and and so that can be a, a great you know way to to spend the money. If you're knocking down a wall, you're probably going to have to redo the flooring and paint anyway right. um, because you've got some sheetrock and flooring repairs to make. But yes, I I would I would absolutely look at knocking a wall down. Back to the phone line. Uh, John, good morning. Thanks for calling in. How can we help you? Yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, thanks hey, for calling. Uh, just question about uh, potential investment in real mm. estate. A uh, couple questions. What you know? What's the best uh, down payment to think about? Ten, ten percent, twenty percent, and and what's a reasonable expectation in terms of uh, 
performance, the cash flow? Is it, is it something where you're, you're happy if it just cash flows? Can you expect, you know, to, to earn a couple hundred dollars a month or, or do you feel like you're probably going to have to kick in a little bit at first? We, what's a reasonable expectation in terms of financial performance of a, just a standard two, three bedroom, single family residential property as, as an investment? So I, I think in a property like that, John, you're going to want, I mean, it, everyone has different goals, right? And are they buying for cash flow? Are they buying for, you know, tax sheltering? Are they, they buying for, you know, future um, wealth building? And, and so, but, but I think a lot of our investors, what they're looking to do, they're expecting to put 20% down. Um, so they're expecting mm-hmm. to have enough cash to put the 20% down, mortgage the rest. And then they, they like to cash flow between three and $500 per month per unit. And so if you have a single family home or townhome, um, you know, three to $500 a month, um, or if it's a fourplex, you know, three or $500, uh, per month per unit. So the, the, that's kind of a range. What we do is we actually, um, we run a five page, uh, a rental analysis for our clients. Yes. And, and so we plug in exactly what the price is, your down payment, the interest rate, uh, the expenses, so the overhead of the property, uh, your taxes, insurance, maintenance, all of those items, utilities. And then it tells you exactly, John, it tells you exactly what your cash on cash return is. So it takes a look at, okay, you put 20% down, what's the cash on cash return? And then it also takes a look at every year for the next 10 years, what your return on that property would be if you sold it based on maybe we put in a 5% appreciation mm-hmm. And then it, there's a cost to sell, so we calculate that in as well. It's a very good tool. I've it's seen a, it. It's, yes. a, it's a great yeah. tool. Yeah, it's and a great and tool. so th- that's important to run that on anything you're looking at because it, it just it varies. It, the costs, you, know, you might have a house, they're exactly the same, but one has more maintenance or because it's older or right. there's, there's different factors. So we plug in the numbers and we run the analysis, and then based on that, our clients make a decision whether or not they want it. Okay, and that that three to five hundred that you talked about is that after setting aside uh, um, so, some extra money for major repairs that might come down over the course of ten years? Well, we definitely we definitely um, estimate maintenance in in those numbers. Um, major repairs. I mean, that's something you're going to want to calculate on the front end when you're buying the property. You do your your you full that, property yeah. inspection. And so if you know there's going to be, you're going to need a new roof or new furnace, then yes, you're going to calculate that into the numbers. So it would be a three to $500 a month after um, uh, estimated expenses. But that's probably one of the biggest errors, I think, in, the, in all the years that I've, that I've had a rental property. People don't put anything into a reserve Correct. for major repairs and and whamble all of a sudden because it will happen it's not if it's just when absolutely and then oh i didn't have anything in the bank i never i never figured that i would have yes i think you're absolutely right i think that is one of the biggest mistakes is people don't plan for um maintenance items and and john you're talking about major maintenance items like roof windows siding um things like that that's why it's so important to do that full property inspection when you buy it so so you know what you're getting into exactly so you can plan for it so just like getting married or something. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, John. Merry Christmas. You too. Thanks. Back to the phone lines. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. How can we help you? Yes. Uh, my mother just moved out of her house, and uh, it, it's vacant right now. We're going to do some work on it before we sell it. Now, I, we aren't really sure what or how much work we should do. Um, it's a nice house in a nice suburb. Uh, she has hardwood floors throughout, mm. and 
They've always been covered with carpet, <laughs> but it's it is a 1960 house, so it's uh, you know we're just wondering, boy, if we did the hardwood floors, that would be a uh, that would be something people would see right away when they walked in. Yep. Um, but and I don't know what the cost would be to do that, uh, but typically is uh, is that something that that's worth it? That if you put five thousand in, you might get eight thousand out of it. So, so I just had some clients, um, similar situation. They, um, the folks had passed, and and they um, were they had the house, and so they were um, selling it as an estate. Um, they did that. They took out all the carpet, and they they refinished all the hardwood floors. It looked fantastic. Um, it looked it looked really good. Um, yeah. This would be a situation where I would still want to run comparables for you, find out what um, the the similar comparable solds what they did. Uh, it, it's going to be less expensive to put in new carpet than it is to, to mm-hmm. refinish those floors. But um, if there's a big price difference, like you just said, if you can make an extra, you know, eight thousand dollars and it's only going to cost you five to to redo the floors, which you're probably how many square feet of floors you think you have? Well, I, I would say for sure uh, fifteen hundred. So you're you're probably right. It would it's going to cost you about five grand to do those the those floors. But they so. may be lucky, you know, if it's been carpeted since it was almost new. That's a good point. I've seen some cases you take that carpeting off, and other than a little around the, yes. the edges, yep. you really, I mean, Might it's darn near to. free. Yep. That, that, it you know, re- back, I mean, it could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you definitely. Back in, go ahead. Back in like 1960, I, I I don't think they put poly over them. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they could scratch real easy. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, I'm just looking more of a, a wall factor when someone walks in, and I think there really would be one uh, if they were redone. They look great when they're redone. They they really do. Yeah. You know, and and it's, you know, how much do you think the house is worth? Uh, three fifty. Three fifty, and so I mean, you know, hardwood floors um, mm-hmm. are going to look really nice in a in a three fifty house, and so. But I I can run comparables for you. That's something we offer for. Uh, it's free. We offer all of our our customers, clients, and radio show listeners, and that's a good that's a good uh, start. Because because on the other hand, you don't want to if it's not going to get you any more right. in the sale price, you don't want to spend five grand if you can just do right. the new carpet for you know a couple grand. So sure, um, really good question though. We appreciate that. Okay, this, right. is, this is where a good real estate agent, you know. I mean, if all they're going to do is just you just kind of take your information and throw it out in the MLS and fill out a form, you know, you're paying about the same. I mean, you might as well get somebody with uh, like Jason with experience that that knows something and can really help you do it. Headlines and hot takes they have their place, but at our podcast ESPN Daily, we don't just show. Thank you. Merry Christmas. You too. Let's go back to the phone lines. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. How can we help you? Good morning, Jason. Can you hear me? I sure can. Thanks for calling in. Hey, uh, my question is, I have uh, several properties and uh, kind of want to sell them maybe future down the road. And if I did, without getting hit with capital gains, if I purchased uh, or actually purchased something as much as what I sell the properties for, would I get hit for a capital gains on something like that, like uh, like a like a kinder or not? No, you you wouldn't. So he, so here's the rules on on a ten thirty one exchange. And and that that's how you would you would avoid the capital gains is if you sold um, a property or multiple properties. Let, let's say you packaged up a few um, and you, you sold them as a package. Maybe that the price and then just for easy numbers is is five hundred thousand. You would then have to buy 
a property that is $500,000 or greater to do a 1031 exchange into that. So so the rules on that, Steve, are, are once you sell and close on that property, you have 45 days to identify the property that you're going to 1031 into or, or purchase. And so you you can you can identify several properties. So uh, we just had a client that sold a property. Um, he identified three properties within that 45-day period. You don't have to buy them all. He just He's just buying one of them. But it does need to be a like-kind property. So if it's income-producing, um, you know, whether it's a single-family home or you know, or an apartment or a fourplex or it has, to, you know, real estate to real estate generally is fine. Um, it just has to be the same price or greater than you. And you do have to roll all of the gains from that property into the next one. You have to, to use a 1031 company. So they facilitate the transaction. There's, there's a bunch of rules it has to be done. Uh, it has to be done exactly the right way. Um, but it is something that we work with um, uh, often. Like you said, it has to be done within the 45 days of the grace period of from the time you sell to the time that you purchase the other, correct? So you do have to identify within 45 days, but you don't have to close for six months. And so, okay. you, so you've got All plenty right. of time yep. to close. You just have to, within that 45-day period, identify what you're going to close on within six months. Okay. And you can, so, I, and you can identify right. several properties. So you can have 20 properties on the list within those 45 days, and then you just have to make sure you close on one of those properties within the six months. Yep. Oh, that's, that's even better. That's yep. even better there. Yep. 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 It is. You've works answered out. my question. Yeah, I, I've been kind of, in the next five years, I'm going to be doing something like that, and I just didn't know how to go about doing something like that. Sure. We, we work with a 1031 Exchange Company, of course, our title company, uh, trademark title they're they're very familiar with the 1031 exchange process um we 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 work with them often one of one of the things if you want steve you want us to do a a quick market analysis on your properties now so you can you know see what the current value is or whenever you want that done just let us know we'll do a free cma for you on those properties on question on that now can it be out of state because these properties are out of state we're at what state iowa uh yes absolutely that's where I'm heading to right now to do some to do some work early in the morning. Like you were talking four thirty <laughs> in the morning, I was up at four o'clock hitting the road. So yeah, man. I'm almost there. Were you going to Ames or Des Moines or, or were you heading? actually Waterloo? Waterloo. Oh yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. Very good. Well, we can definitely help out with that. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the heads up on that. You're welcome. We, we appreciate the call. We appreciate the question. All right. All right, thank Steve. You. Have a good weekend. Back to the phone lines, Dave. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. How can we help you? Yeah, hello. Um, um, I got a um, five-bedroom house in Egan. Uh, it was built in the 70s, two-story. And we're going to be doing the main master bathroom remodel here coming up this winter. Okay. Um, what's, the, is there, what's the real thumb on how much to spend, you know, for how much your house is worth so you can get your money back? What do you I think? I know it's a pretty broad question, yeah. but. What do you think your, your current value is? I don't know, like 330 three thirty ish, three three forty. And and you have five bedrooms, but how many bathrooms do you currently have? Uh two and a half. And and so you're are you are you gonna remodel the master bath? Yeah, yeah, the main yeah, the main bathroom, yep. Okay. Um is it a master bathroom or, or is it or is it is it connected to the master bedroom or uh yep, it does connect to the bath master, yep, the it, bedroom. Okay. Um Oh, I mean, I guess my only concern, like I don't, I want to make sure we do that. You know, 
we don't go crazy on finishes, but yeah, you know, yeah. you know, because I know your the idea is to get you're you're supposed to get the most money back on a bathroom remodel when you sell. Yeah, well, I, I think I think you can. Um, Pretty so, broad question. So what what's in the bathroom right now? What does it look like? What's what's in? There? Uh, it's just honestly, it's like from the eighties. Uh, it's got tile, just a crappy old vanity, it's a tub. I mean, nothing. Separate shower, separate the, tub, or is it? Yeah. It is uh, no, um, a full bath. Yeah, okay. a full full tub. So uh, tub shower combo. I mean, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, the, the thing is, when you redo bathrooms like that, you can, if you take your time doing it, you can find some. I mean, really good deals out there on vanities. You know, whether it's granite or you know, a lot of the there's remnant granite that's out there. Um, you know, I I just I wouldn't go overboard, but putting in you know a hard surface for the for the vanity, um, new okay. toilet, you know, new. Um, bathroom, you don't even have to do tile if you don't want to, Dave. You can do a nice, uh, insert, a nice, uh, um, okay. you know, shower insert, and then just the floor, you know, something that, that people are, I mean, looks really nice right now is, is LVT luxury vinyl tile or luxury huh, vinyl okay. planks in the bathroom. And those are, you know, they give it that, that tile, that ceramic tile feel, but they're, they're it's warmer. Well, and they're a little bit less expensive. I mean, but it looks really nice and it's warmer than tile too. And so, huh. uh, you know, I would look into that product and, um, but that'll, I mean, those, that'll be a nice, uh, nice upgrade for the house for sure. Yeah, like the tile on the on the tub is that um, like getting your return back? Do, is, do people like that when they when they buy houses now? I haven't. We've been in our house so long that I don't know what the hell people like anymore. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I, I mean, <laughs> if you're gonna do, you know, Dave, if you're gonna do a walk-in shower, um, yeah. you know, that's different. You know, but as far as the the tile around the tub, I think you'd be just just as as good doing a nice uh, insert where it's a you know one okay. uh, fiberglass piece that goes in. Sure. So that's right. what I would do. I think that would look okay. great. So. Cool. Yeah, great. that answers my question. So. Cool, man. Great question. We appreciate yeah, you calling in. No problem. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Dave. Yep. Bye. Folks, uh, keep in mind, starting uh, January 4th, 2023, Minnesota Home Talk will be live on Wednesdays at noon. We will be uh, streaming on Facebook and YouTube, and then we will also be syndicating with many other places that you find your podcasts, including uh, Spotify, iTunes, And so we're very excited about the new day and time, excited about uh, the new show format. Minnesota Home Talk will become U.S. Home Talk. We've got uh, my youngest brother, Marcus Walgrave, who has had a show in Sioux Falls, South Dakota for a number of years, will be uh, joining us as co-host, part of the new show called U.S. Home Talk. And so we'll be talking about, of course, all things real estate, more of a, a focus on real estate nationally. We will have uh, different market experts throughout the year in the different areas throughout the United States. Minnesota Home Talk is becoming U.S. Home Talk starting January 4th, 2023, Wednesdays at noon. Find us on Facebook and YouTube and many other streaming platforms. So we're, we're very excited for that launch. If you're looking for a great real estate opportunity in Sioux Falls, look to Marcus Walgrave and Hague Realtors. Sioux Falls has become one of the nation's fastest growing cities and has boasted a steady economy during one of the toughest recessions in U.S. history. The national economy is on the rebound and Sioux Falls is ahead of the curve. Over the next 20 years, Sioux Falls is expected to grow to over a quarter million million people. Hague Realtors was South Dakota's number one real estate firm in 2016, and Marcus Walgrave can help you in this hot market. It's better in Sioux Falls, and Marcus Walgrave can help you get there. Call 605-496-9872 or go to minnesotahometalk.com. 
If you are in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, Todd Rooker has the answers and the information you are looking for. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? There are attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion and none of these people work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. Call Todd Rooker today at 763-559-3800 or go to minnesotahometalk.com. Trend Staging specializes in affordable redesigns and staging of vacant homes. The real estate market is competitive and a properly staged home can make all the difference and help your property sell fast and at a fair price. Trend Staging specializes in working with homeowners and investors to meet their objective of selling their properties as quickly as possible to maximize their investment. Let Melissa and Lori at Trend Staging help you bring your property up to the best level possible. For more information, go to minnesotahometalk.com. That's minnesotahometalk.com. Good morning, Eric. How can I help you? I'm just calling. I have a question about the refinance rates for 15-year term. Uh, do you guys see it going downward towards the winter months here? Uh, we've been kind of watching them. I think it, you can tell me if it's at like 3% now. What do you guys see in the future? I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, Eric, that's a great question here. Um, I, I think they're going to hold pretty steady. Now, mm-hmm. there's lots of talk of if a recession happens, we're going to see rates drift even lower than we're at now. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where are you going to roll the dice and you know hope for this recession to come so that interest rates go a little bit lower? Or if it doesn't come, I think what's going to happen is we're probably still going to see rates hang where they're at now, um, but drift up slightly uh, throughout 2020. Um, so it's 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 a tough it's a tough call. Um, I would I would swing your decision on if you think a recession is coming, then hold off because I think rates are going to go lower if that happens. But again, if not, they're going to probably remain steady or go up a little bit. Any yeah. thoughts from you, John? Um, you know, with, with interest rates and where they could go, it's, you know, everybody always watches the Fed to see if things are going to be going south or north. Um, you know, there's so many things outside. Uh, my th- my theory is that we're kind of playing in uncharted territory right now. We have such low interest rates that, you know, we're always, you know, we're so market dependent seeing on how the stock market's doing. So as we get closer into the political season, there's going to be so much upheaval that it's really going to be hard to kind of, you know, throw a dart at that dartboard and figure out where it's actually going to be on the wall. So, um, you know, the one thing I do think, though, is that if everybody's most of the time, the market likes to make the biggest number of fools. So if everybody is saying that the recession's coming, maybe there's a chance that it actually might be a little bit further out than everybody's thinking. Loves to recession surprise people. starts tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> Sold. Right. That's a great question, Eric. We appreciate you calling in. We're going to go back to the phone lines here. And we have Aaron on the line with us. Good morning, Aaron. We appreciate you calling in. We're going to go back to the phone lines here. And we have Aaron on the line with us. Good morning, Aaron. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Thanks for calling um, in. So my wife and I have been talking about selling our house and buying. Um, and just when we bought and just where we are, we have about $100,000 of equity in our house. Um, when we sell, if we decide to not use most of that uh, to as a down payment for the new house, but just kind of put it in our own 401k or our own savings, would there be tax liability for doing that? And we have, we would have a couple of motivations for doing it. I, I get tax exempt uh, salary towards housing. So I'm in a rare situation, which I actually don't want my house paid off. I actually have tax reasons to have a mortgage payment. So it, would there be tax liabilities if I didn't use say $80,000, 
of that equity and just invested it. Aaron, Aaron, that's a good question. So capital gains is the question here. Um, the the rule with capital gains is that you won't have any capital gains to pay if you've lived in the home two out of the last five years. Okay. So have you guys lived there for at least two years? Yeah, we've been. This has been our home for five years. Okay. So you obviously meet that requirement there. So as a married couple, you can have a gain up to five hundred thousand and not pay any taxes on it. You can do whatever you want with that money. So you don't have to put any of it into the next house. You can go do whatever you want with it, or you could put it all in the next house. It doesn't matter. Um, you're not going to have to pay any capital gains tax uh, on that gain. Does that go towards income, towards my, like my salary for the next year? No, nope. no. Nope. Okay. It's it's not it's not considered income. It's not it's not taxed um, as a gain or anything like that, or as income. It's it's money that you can take and run with it and do what you want with. All right, great. Thank you. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And so the the rule is again, you have to live there for two out of the last five years to avoid capital gains. If you have lived in a property for two out of the last five years, if you're an individual, you can uh, have a gain up to two hundred fifty thousand and not pay any tax on that amount. If you're going to gain more than two hundred fifty thousand on that sale, then any dollar over two hundred fifty thousand you would have to pay tax on. As a married couple, your exclusion is five hundred thousand. So you can gain 500000 on a property and not pay any tax on it, as long as you've lived there two out of the last five years. That's a great question, Aaron. We appreciate you calling in. We're going to go back to the phone lines here, and we have Carrie on the line with us. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Yeah. Great. Great. Well, my question for you guys this morning is actually in relation to um, the market and investment real estate. Um, my husband and I actually are just closing on our first home in January, um, but we are looking to potentially buy a rental property um, during 2020. And the reason kind of being, we've heard whisper of the market having a potential recession. And I was just wondering, is there anything that we should be keeping in mind as we look at that, since we will be buying our first property that year, as well as um, the, the potential that the market wouldn't recede, or like when you guys think it might, and just your overall thoughts on that question. That's a great question. You know, I work with a lot of investors and I have a, uh, a good background working with investment properties in, in the Twin Cities. I actually have two duplexes myself and we're looking at buying a new one, same, same time frame as you, next year or so. You know, yeah. the one thing I would kind of not caution, but you know, when you're looking at the improvements and what you're going to do, I always like to look for a value add proposition on the property where if you can bring up rents or you can bring up the equity um, and the appraised value of the property, that's going to be probably your best opportunity rather than buying something turnkey. And if you can do that, you know, you can still, hopefully, if you're buying one of these projects where you're going to need a little bit of work, you might be able to kind of constrain your rent rate rates a little bit. So if there is a recession, you know, everybody says, well, rentals are a great place and, and they absolutely are. But you got to think where is, if things go sideways with the market, where is Where's the rental market going to feel that? Because everybody's going to feel it if there is a recession. So I would caution away from getting away from that very top end market and do something in a little bit more of a moderate price range where if you can increase rents, fantastic. But if you still need to kind of stay at something that is, I don't want to say affordable, but something that, you know, the market will support, you know, as like a median rent. Yeah, reasonable. Exactly. I would say try to keep, you know, that way you can have a built in buffer. Does that answer your question? Yes, that is perfect. Thank you so much for your insight. Absolutely. 
So, uh, Carrie, thanks for calling in here with that question. That was a good question. I'm going to comment one thing on just general market where I think home values are going to go. There are a lot of talks of, well, do we hit another real estate bubble? Do values right. start coming down? Things like that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the main cause of what what that real estate bubble was back in the mid-2000s was two things. You had these exotic loan programs where you didn't have to verify income. You didn't have to verify assets. It was crazy that you could go and you could borrow literally a million dollars on a primary residence and put Mm -hmm. nothing down and not have to verify your income. Like, that doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of people out there that shouldn't be buying homes that could because they didn't have to verify the amount of income. So that was one problem. The other problem was um, appraisers. So every loan officer out there had his buddy appraiser that he could call and say, hey, buddy, I need the value on this house to come in at X for this deal to work. Can you make it happen? And oddly enough, the appraisal would come back. There'd be that number uh, that was needed on that appraisal, which was a false number, right? Always higher Mm -hmm. than what the property was actually worth. Um, And that made the deal go through. So now when those loans started to default... Um, and those houses went back to the banks. The banks are hugely upside down, and that's why thousands of lenders across the country went under because of that. And so there are so strict rules now regarding income verification and changes in the appraisal industry where I don't see that same thing happening. Now, I see appreciation slowing down a little bit. So, you know, it was uh, we went through the market stats earlier. It was 5.7 appreciation year over year. I think that's going to be closer to the 4% range for this next year. But still, homes are going to be gaining in value. They're not going to be losing. Okay, great insight. So thanks for calling in, Carrie. We definitely appreciate it. Um, and uh, have thanks. a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. We're going to go back to the phone lines here. We have Adam on the line with us. Good morning, Adam. Uh, hey there. Good morning. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering if you could touch base um, on... Uh, making bi-weekly mortgage payments versus just making one payment per month. Uh, what are the what are the what's the benefit? Is there any pros and cons? Um, and then also the benefit of making you know like one extra mortgage payment per year. A lot of times you hear the financial quote unquote experts talk about yeah, if you can make one one extra mortgage payment per year, you'll knock you know eight years off your off your off the life of your mortgage. If you could just touch base on the on the benefits of uh, of those, that would be that'd be great. Yep, absolutely. So let's let's start with biweekly payments. So when you make biweekly payments, so one mortgage payment or half your mortgage payment every two weeks, you're ending up making 13 full monthly payments in a 12-month period. Um, so it kind of is the same effect as if you took one-twelfth of a monthly payment and added that to each monthly payment, right? You'd get the same effect. Here's the problem, though. A lot of loan servicers, when they receive half a payment, right? So your first biweekly payment for the month, when they receive that, they don't apply it to your mortgage balance. They actually just hold on to it until the second half comes in. Now, when they have a full monthly payment from that second half coming in, now they apply it to your balance and your interest and stuff like that, and they recalculate for the next month. So if your loan servicer is not taking that biweekly payment and applying it right away, it's doing you zero good. You might as well just hold on to it yourself and make a full payment, um, you know, at the end of the month or whatever, because they're literally just holding on to it and they're not doing anything mm-hmm. with it. It's just sitting there. That's obviously going to depend on what lender you have, though, right? Absolutely. Yep. yep. So um, look on your statement. So I just had a client of mine that's looking to refinance that sent me a statement from their current mortgage company, and it literally said right on there that biweekly payments are applied like this. We hold on to it until the second half comes in. We don't apply until that happens, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So right there, 
um, they're getting zero benefit by doing that. So I pointed that out to him. I said, look, just so you guys know, the way you're doing it now with your current le- your current loan servicer, you're not getting any benefit from it. So what I would suggest to them is like, hey, if you're not going to do it through your finance, but if you're going to keep your current loan and you're going to continue to try to make additional payments or make a biweekly payment deal, then what you're going to want to do is take one twelfth of your monthly payment, add that to each monthly payment, and then mm-hmm. just send one payment in. And so we'll get it applied right away. And you're paying additional principal down with each payment. It's going to be the same thing as doing biweekly payments if they applied your biweekly mm-hmm. payment to your, your loan right away. I definitely can see the argument for it being a, a simpler way to do it, where you just go every paycheck, I take out this much of my you know two-week pay. Yes. So, I mean, if if it's an ease of use thing, then... You know, some people are just going to be more comfortable with that for sure. But yep. just, you're not going to you're not going to benefit financially as much as you would hope. Right. Mm-hmm. That That's yeah. the whole thing. So, you know, and and I think I think the main reason why people do it is because they hear, hey, make biweekly payments. You know, then you basically take a you're getting you know, ahead. Ch- you take a chunk yeah. of each check. You won't even feel it coming out, but you're actually going right. to be making one extra payment a year and you're going to get these benefits from it. And so that's why people do it. Um but just know if they don't apply right away, it's it's doing no good for you, really. Right. Um, in, can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. In a, in a former life, I used to actually work in banking. And when you would, um, I would have people come in all the time and they would explicitly say, okay, like if my mortgage payment is, let's say, $1,200 and they're making a payment for $1,400, they want that extra $200 applied to the principal. They didn't trust just writing out on check or writing out on the uh, the coupon that, you know, X amount of dollars is going to go towards the principal. They explicitly went in and said, okay, make my payment. And then this balance that's going towards the actual balance on the mortgage, not towards the next payment. Because if you don't communicate that well enough to whoever's actually making processing that payment, that $200 is just actually going to carry over to the next month. And you're like, oh, great. They've got a credit. So you're only paying forward the future interest. Right. Not the more, not the balance. Again, not getting the benefit you're thinking you're exactly. getting from that. And so I've had a lot of people like actually send in two separate checks. One mm-hmm. check for the regular payment, a separate check yep. for the additional principal, and then they write right on there, this is for principal reduction only, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's earmarked for that on a separate check uh, to avoid, you know, any sort of, you know, accounting mistake, if you will, uh, like that. Have you checked out minnesotahometalk.com? It has one of the best online home search tools in the state. We have map search tools, and you can create custom home searches as well. It is updated from the MLS every single day. We offer free market analysis on your home or investment property and tons of free reports on real estate. Check us out online at minnesotahometalk.com. That's minnesotahometalk.com. Folks, uh, keep in mind, starting uh, January 4th, 2023, Minnesota Home Talk will be live on Wednesdays at noon. We will be uh, streaming on Facebook and YouTube, and then we will also be syndicating with many other places that you find your podcasts, including uh, Spotify, iTunes, and so we're very excited about the new day and time, excited about uh, the new show format. Minnesota Home Talk will become U.S. Home Talk. We've got uh, my youngest brother, Marcus Walgrave, who has had a show in Sioux Falls, South Dakota for a number of years will be uh, joining us as co-host, part of the new show called U.S. Home Talk. And so we'll be talking about, of course, all things real estate, more of a, a focus on real estate nationally. We will have uh, different market experts throughout the year in the different areas throughout the United States. Minnesota Home Talk is becoming U.S. Home Talk. 
starting January 4th, 2023, Wednesdays at noon. Find us on Facebook and YouTube and many other streaming platforms. So we're, we're very excited for that launch. Home Media Innovations is your local resource for residential and commercial audio, video, and security system technology, including home theater systems, lighting, security, media rooms, and communications integrations. Let the experts at Home Media Innovations create an out-of-this-world entertainment experience for you. If you can imagine it, they can create it. Home Media Innovations is the Upper Midwest's audio, video, and security systems expert for both home and business. For more information, call 651-344-6228 or go to hmiav.com. BOGO Pest Control offers homeowners and businesses effective pest prevention while giving back to our community. BOGO Pest Control donates 10% of every sale to the local chapter of Feed My Starving Children. BOGO Pest Control has donated over 105,000 meals to children in need. Keep pests out of your home or business and help feed children in need. Contact BOGO Pest Control today at BOGOPestControl.com. Let's go back to the phone lines. Hey, Mike, good morning. Thanks for calling in. How can we help you? Yeah, um, we bought a house in 2013 and it was an FHA, and we are paying mortgage insurance, and it's $244 a month. And I remember the banker looking at us and said, because it's an FHA loan, you cannot do anything about that for five years. And um, like since we bought it, we've paid down quite a bit of the original principal, and the house has gone up about forty thousand. So I called mm-hmm. Chase, who actually bought it, and I said, and they were kind of confused, and they said, "Well, call us in five years, and we'll tell you if we're going to want to go down." So my question is, does that automatically go up, or are we going to have to finagle with the banker to get that off, or are we better off trying to get it refinanced since we've got some equity into it? Hey, Mike, what's your current interest rate right now? Three point two five. Okay. Probably, I mean, it probably doesn't make sense to refinance now unless you were going to go to like a 15-year convention or something like that because that's the only the, that's the only loan out there that's going to give you a lower interest rate than the 3.25 you have now. Um, sure. He is right, though. FHA back then made you pay it for five years, and then once five years is up, you got to have a certain amount of equity before it falls off. Um, what I would do is as soon as you're on month number 61, um, I would call them and 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 bring up this conversation again because I don't know if they will automatically do it. Um, you definitely want to make that call and say, hey, I should be able to get my mortgage insurance off because I have the equity uh, required here and I've waited the five years and then mm-hmm. make sure that that process gets started on their end. So they're not obligated to take it off after five years? There's, there, you know, I know it automatically does fall off at a certain point. I don't know if it's that five-year mark. So that's why I would say just to be safe, give them a call on, the, on month number 61 and get that going and that'll kind of ensure that that process is going to get started to get that PMI removed. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, great call. Thanks for calling in, Mike. Hey, Alec, thanks for calling in. How yeah. can we help you? Yeah, um, so I got engaged uh, over the summer. And Congrats. me and my fiance decided we, uh, thank you, we wanted to buy our first house together because I have a four-year-old as well. And uh, we got approved through FHA for uh, a smaller amount than we were hoping. It was only like 125000 uh, and out in Minneapolis, that's that's not working with a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think it'd be smart to uh, take the hundred twenty five thousand, uh, get into a place that you know has some update availability in it, maybe flip it or uh, even rent it in a few years, and then move on? Or do you think we just rent for now until we have enough to get a higher loan? I think it's probably going to be better to buy something right now, Alec. I think that I think that if you can get in, 
um, you know, even at 125,000, whether it's it's a home that that needs some work where you can build some equity, or there's some nice townhomes out there for 125,000. So, you know, you're going to be able to get into today's interest rate, which which is um, which is low. And if you're going to keep that property as an investment property in a couple of years, then then that that could work out where it could cash flow as well. Okay. Alec, who's, um, who's the lender that you got pre-approved through? Uh, it's Pacific, Pacific Union Credit, I think. Um, interesting. It's in Blaine. Um, so here, here's how here's how it goes. So F, so it was it an FHA loan too? You said. Yeah. Is that correct? So FHA allows a certain amount of debt to income as a max, and that you know that max is available to any lender out there. Now some lenders limit the debt to income ratio that they'll lend on because they don't want to take the risk on that borrower or that type of loan because even though FHA is going to insure that loan they're still on the hook if a default happens for for a portion of it so some lenders will cap you at a 45 percent debt to income ratio on an FHA loan when FHA allows 56 I just met with a borrower yesterday that went into Wells Wells capped them at a 45 we were able to go to 56. Now they could qualify for the house they wanted to get. So I would I would like to take a look at your situation just to see if that's what's happening here to see if we can get you bumped up a little bit. Um, okay. If not, my other thought is, is if you are open to buying a duplex where you would live in one side and rent out the other side, you can use the income from that other unit that you're not going to be living in to qualify, and that's going to help you bump up your price range a little bit and get qualified for something a little bit better. Okay. So. Um, where, what lender are you for? So I'm with leader, leader one financial. And so okay. we're a correspondent lender, uh, you know, we're across the nation, but I'm strictly here in the, in the twin cities and, and located in Savage. So I could certainly help you out and take a look at that if you want me to. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you a call, uh, early next week. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, we'll reach out. We'll touch uh, base with each other on Monday and, uh, get the process started. Great. All right, thank you very much. Great question, Alec. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to the phone lines. Gary, thanks for calling in. How can we help you? Hey, good morning. Good morning. I'm looking at um, at buying a buying a house, and it needs some, some work to be done on it, and, and I don't have the money to... We're, we're very excited for that launch. This has been a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North, KSTP AM 1500. Score North on AM 1500 KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul, 89.1.